Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Solidly in the middle of October, nearing the end of October. I get the countdown every day because my kids are super excited about Halloween. It's kind of like one of our favorite holidays, um, which you wouldn't think it would be because we got the peanut allergy and that makes things a little bit difficult. But um, we've learned to kind of like work around that, live around that. Uh, and like I love getting dressed up. The kids love getting dressed up. So we're very excited. Hopefully you guys are doing well and are getting excited and ready for more of the fall festivities that are to come with the changing of the seasons. Uh, everyone out in podcast land, hopefully you're having a good run and enjoying some really nice weather. out. I mean, this is like the best time of year for running, right? At least it is here in Chicago. Hopefully you're getting good weather. And everyone watching on YouTube after the fact, hopefully you have a nice recovery beverage to sit down with. I've got my afternoon coffee. I am, though, sweating a little bit because I just had some ramen noodles for lunch. And uh, so I'm still kind of like hot. Got boiling hot liquid kind of in my belly. So really, really hot, sweating a little bit. Hopefully I'll cool down just a little bit. All right, let's see who we got here in the chat. We've got Brandon Lewis says, I ordered the ZoomX Invincibles and now I hear people don't like them. Uh-oh. It's too late to cancel now. Sorry. I mean, I like them. Um, I have I have a good time running in them. And it's probably the only shoe that I'll take over 100 miles this year, just to see kind of like how it holds up, uh, because I do enjoy running in them. I think Nike's on to something. You know, I think everyone kind of thought it would just be like super, super squishy, like, uh, like the old 4% used to be, or kind of like the Alpha Flies are. But I think that what, instead what we got is something that's really bouncy and it's like kind of like springy like a racquetball kind of so i think that threw a lot of people off it threw me off a little bit but i mean that's a quirky shoe but i do like it. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much yet and hopefully you know maybe you can't cancel it but maybe you can return it if you end up not liking them so there's that garrett meek says hey y'all how's everyone doing today i'm doing well uh you know i'm about halfway through my wife's work trip so she left uh monday morning like before the kids woke up and then she'll be returning some point tomorrow no tuesday morning what's today yeah tuesday morning so she'll have tuesday morning today's wednesday and she'll be returning thursday like while the kids are at school so i'm kind of like halfway through so i'm doing okay hopefully you guys are doing well um all right garrett says he's i'm a tired he's a little tired but nothing new <laughs> and as long as shoes don't have really high drops it can work well for both heel and mid strikers i think you guys are talking about the um invincible yeah see i i i think that like the invincible rate and random lose is saying it's best for heel strikers I, I i'm of the opposite opinion i i mean it may be good for heel strikers but i think if you're a midfoot striker it's the best shoe for you and that's the thing that i say it's a little quirky it likes a specific kind of foot strike and i feel like when i'm doing my normal foot strike which is a little bit more towards the forward side it is saying like hey land more squarely on the back or in the middle so like I, I would check it out i think it'd be i mean check it out first um and then if you don't like it return it all right we got uh frank blahuler is in the chat he's got his sl20 version ones at 300 miles and they're beating him up wish they lasted a little longer but i guess i have to remember what he paid for them yeah i mean um depending on when you got them you could have gotten them for really really cheap um and i've been seeing a resurgence of the sl20 version 2 online i mean that shoe came out a while ago but I think they appeared in Ed Bud's video recently, although he was talking about how terrible the uppers are. I didn't think the upper was that terrible. 
Is that, isn't that where it came up? I saw it recently in the Ed Bud video. And then I saw Doctors Running were talking about it the other day. So version one or version two are pretty good. And I feel like 300 miles is a pretty good time to start looking for a new shoe. Uh, we got Jeff Elliott making the live stream. What's going on, Jeff? Good to see you. And Daniel M says, yo, the Ginger Runner live stream was great last night. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, the kids were well-behaved for, for the entire live stream, so that helped too. Uh, but I, I had a really good time um, talking to them. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, Ethan always asks really great questions. And so, um, you know, it just felt so much like I was just having a conversation with them. Um, but then there was like questions from you guys in the chat and that kind of brought me back to kind of like, you know, it was a bigger conversation. But I think that what both Kim and Ethan do a really good job of is making the situation very comfortable for people to, to speak. Um, and all like they're very disarming in that way. Uh, and they're, you know, they're asking great questions. So it gives you lots to think about and to discuss. So it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. All right. Martha says, sorry, I missed the interview last night. I'll have to watch after the fact. She says, hi, everyone. What's going on, Martha? How are you? And it says, hi, Kofuzi and everybody. Thankfully, Sage and Sandy were away from their apartment and no one was seriously hurt in the fire. They have not had an easy time recently. Yeah, I mean, I felt like they were on their way out of there. And... um already so i mean i guess now like the universe is like you should kind of like get out of here and uh they had that fire but i'm um you know i had heard about it on i think from sage's uh instagram maybe that there was a fire there that they were okay um but yeah i mean from i mean they've been having a hard not only was just the apartment but it's been a rough like couple of years for both of them so Hopefully, I know it seems like Sandy has been wanting a little bit more space. Um, so hopefully they can get that um, and um, turn this unfortunate situation into something positive. You know, but, you know, the, mo the main thing is that they weren't there at the time. So um, I'm really glad that they were safe and didn't have to deal with some sort of weird, you know, scramble for safety kind of thing. Because that is just a terrifying thing to, to think about because the fire happened at night right and so like it's one of those things where you worry uh when there's fires at night if um you know smoke inhalation that kind of thing um and it makes it easier for um or it makes it harder to get out safely so i'm really glad that they're safe and it's kind of frustrating that you know they won't they won't take any help from people so you know everyone wants to help them and i understand the reluctance to accept the help uh, I probably would be doing the same thing, but you know, like I, I, you know, I wish there were better ways that I could feel like I was um, helping them out. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm just glad that they're okay. All right, um, Garrett Meeks is the burning question we all need Mike to answer. How was the zoo yesterday? It was good. It was really good. Um, uh, I had a group of four kids, one of them being my kid, so my kid and like three other kids to kind of wrangle for the day. Uh, which I think is a good number. And I think we had some good kids. Um, you know, I think the teachers do a good job of like uh, sequestering the parents from the, the really rowdy kids. So like the teachers, I think, have like the hardest time about it because they, they have they tend to have like all the kids that they normally separate all day long in one group. And then the adults have it kind of easy. Um, so I had it easy. But, you know, it's a lot of time on feet. And I was nervous because I was like, Man, my wife's out of town, so I can't go for my run in the morning before the kids wake up like I normally would do. Um, and I'm going to be at this field trip all day, so I'm not going to be able to run during the day. Um, 
and then I've got the the live stream at night. So like, even if I felt like I could maybe go downstairs and see if the exercise room in the building was empty, maybe I could sneak in there. I wouldn't really have time for that. So I was like, I'm not going to get a run in, man. This is, this is going to throw a wrench into my entire training. And then I like halfway through the day at the zoo, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to really feel like running even if I could later tonight. So it was a tiring day, a lot of time on feet. Um, but I think the kids all had a, a really good time. All right. Um, let's see what we got here. <laughs> Martha coming in with the my wife. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, Greg is here. Greg is here. says, ah, the smooth sounds of Co. Thanks. Thanks. I'm working on my radio voice. So um, hopefully it sounds nice and soothing. All right. Uh, Dylan Barstow says, nice ginger runner interview. You're looking strong out there today, just south of the chess pavilion. Oh, awesome. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, Dylan, I saw you running. Uh, good to say hi. Um, yeah, I had a workout today. Um, I mean, this was going to be my first workout uh, after the marathon, but I kind of had one over the weekend at the Lublon 5K. Uh, but this was the first like kind of like structured workout or planned workout, and um, I felt good. I did. Um, I think I'm a little bit just congested. Uh, I don't know if it's related to the fact that like the seasons are changing and, you know, it's always kind of hard to figure out what to wear and stay warm enough um, or cool enough. And, and I also got a flu shot this week. But like I did a little snot rocket today to get really gross and it felt great. And then after I did that, I was like, uh oh, and, I, and my nose started bleeding. So I was like, maybe this isn't a good day to do a workout. But I was like, well, let's do one more rep and see how I do. If I'm like dripping blood from my face, then I'll probably call it a day. But it ended up being fine. So I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I'm still like trying to be really mindful of like, does something hurt more than it's supposed to? I'm really pushing it in terms of come bouncing back from a marathon. And so like, you know, um, I felt like I had a good workout out there today. It felt like it kicked my butt, but I had a lot of fun doing it. So yeah, thanks. It was good to see you. Mad Math says, hi from rainy Plymouth in the UK. Awesome. Welcome, Mad Math. And Lou Klein said, I just pulled the trigger on the Sockety Speed Run Shield. Cool. I haven't seen too many people running in those in Chicago, but I guess it's still been pretty warm and we haven't had too much weather. So it'll be interesting to see like as like it starts to get a little bit more rainy in November, if I start seeing some more of that around. All right. Ian Lowe says, Hey, Kofuzi, are you guys finding some makes of a shoe are almost impossible to buy over there as we are here in the UK? For example, Skechers Max Road 5, but out of stock here for months. Hmm. No, I mean, people are saying that there's shortages on everything around the world. And I was just watching the news now and they're talking about um, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, you know, um, signing some executive orders to hopefully alleviate some of the backlog of shipping in the United States. But, um, you know, I haven't really seen too much of that, but, you know, I, you know, half of the f shoes that I buy, I don't buy myself. So, um, and it's been a while since I've gotten any new shoes in, I feel like. So I haven't really noticed too much of that. The one place that I have noticed it is in apparel. So like, um, I was looking at a lot more decathlon stuff, um, cause I made that video today. And as I was doing kind of like a little bit more research on it, I was like looking at all this other stuff that I was like, Ooh, this looks good. I want this. I want this. I want this. And it's all so cheap. So I'm like, I can buy a bunch of this stuff and I was going to get more stuff and especially some cycling stuff as the temperatures start starting to drop and the cycling clothes that I have aren't exactly weather appropriate anymore. 
but like everything on decathlon that i wanted to get is out of stock in my size so it's like i don't know if that's just um you know the way that decathlon does stuff is they order a bunch and once they sell out they kind of sell out until like their next scheduled uh round of stock or if that's kind of like you know we're starting to see the tip of um kind of the big shortages that everyone's been talking about so i don't i don't know i don't know but i also think that sketchers doesn't i mean sketchers is a global company but i i feel like they don't send a lot of their sketchers performance stuff to the uk so i don't i don't i don't feel like that's a new thing for sketchers is it you guys will have to let me know you guys would know better than i do over there um dylan tan says good day to you coat nice video on the decathlon gear it's rather popular here in singapore oh that's cool yeah i've been getting some comments from i like look scrolling through the comments on that video people are like oh man love decathlon it's huge in south africa it's huge in singapore like dylan's talking about so it's kind of cool to see that um and uh it's weird for me as an american to kind of like look at it and be like oh there's this thing that like no one knows about here but like anywhere else in the world you would go people are like oh yeah i have those same shorts you know so it's kind of like uh, a really big surprise it's kind of like the first time i heard about like tim hortons i've still never been to one personally but like it's huge in canada but like you mentioned it here there's like a handful of people that might know about it you know it's, it's kind of just a it's a it's a weird thing how like you know insular we can be over here all right uh, luke klein says are you coming to new york city to run hang watch i am i definitely am um so uh you know i i hopefully am getting invited to a press conference from one of the brands i think they're gonna have some of their athletes show up so hopefully i'll be able to go to that um and then other than that i'm not really sure i'd like to do a shakeout run of some sort i gotta kind of figure out where to do it and I, i'm running out of time because it's in like a couple of weeks but um gotta figure out where to do it how far to go um and also i don't want to conflict with like uh, try to plan a route that inadvertently is like the same route as like the new york city marathon 5k so that's another thing that i gotta kind of figure out so i got some work to do but there'll, there'll be some announcements hopefully soon uh, in terms of uh what we'll be able to do otherwise i think i'm just gonna kind of like i don't know i've reached out to some of the other brands that i've worked with before and some of them are like no we're not going to be there others are like yes we're finalizing details so i don't i just don't know what's coming up um and i'm going to try to probably keep it a little bit loose i don't know how much of like following the race itself that i'll be doing since it's a point to point it's my first time watching like i'm not sure how much i can really um chase people on a course that's like new york so we'll see what i end up doing so it'll be kind of an adventure but you know what i am rethinking is um going to boston uh in april so i was just gonna go to watch it i mean we'll see i guess we'll see like how much fun i have in new york or how much I enjoy kind of in trying to cover a race from like just like a, a random spectator's perspective um, or like a pseudo random spectator's perspective. Um, but I'm super annoyed that um, a serious runner's video got kind of, well, he took it down himself, but that uh, he made a video about running Boston. He had GoPro footage from the race and the BAA emailed him and was like, you got to take that down because we have rules that disallow it and every race has the same boilerplate rules but they were like 
and only and they further like told him like only and i'm just re- regurgitating i i haven't really talked to him about it i messaged him a couple times but and he's like they were he's like um saying like they have uh specific partners for coverage of the course and the race itself and i was like what i mean yeah everyone does like nbc gets the chicago marathon like yeah right but like and i don't know how what other networks get the other ones but um but like to use that and to say like that's why like a person can't have footage from the race it's one thing to say like you broke a rule about like having cameras but to to bring in like you know someone else has exclusive broadcast rights that's a very different like thing like claim to make so like i don't know but anyway he edited his original video to cut out all the race footage so i'm just like i don't know like if that's how they want to handle people giving publicity to the race and i i mean i don't know so we'll have to we'll have to revisit that we'll we'll see what the saga is with serious runner and steven ganoza but i don't know but i definitely will be going to new york all right um yeah vietnam says let's just say boston really hates selfie sticks on the course i i imagine that they do um yeah yeah but it makes me think like oh if i go like if i get to race it ever i may get to only race it once and then like be forever banned because i brought a selfie stick i'm okay with that um yeah, Dave says, silly po- political reasons like that is why I run trail races. Yeah, I mean, trail races are the opposite. The trail race, it's like every time you watch the start of a trail race, there's as many people filming the trail, the start of the trail race as there are people running it. I lo- and I love that. It just makes it more of like a spectacle. I think it's fun. Um, yeah, and Dr. Josh says, I was afraid of that when vlogging the Olympic trials. Oh, really? You thought that like, NBC would be like, hey, we get to be the ones and not you, Dr. Josh. Mm. I mean, I just think that'd be amazing. Like, that'd be amazing to have, like, in-race footage from, like, from, like, a serious, serious race. I mean, like, not that Boston Marathon isn't a serious race, but, like, like, I don't know. It's kind of, that'd be, that'd be pretty intense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Santosh Katwal says, Hey, Kovosi, is it true one should go half size up on Metaspeed Sky since it's generally tight fit? I did not go up a half size on my Metaspeed Sky and I felt great in them. Some people have complained that the sizing is a little bit, um, that the, the toe box cuts over a little bit and I can definitely agree with that. And so people have been sizing up for that. I would say, um, you know, if you have sized up in race shoes before, then go with it. Otherwise, I would say go with your regular size. Um, I wouldn't make this one the first shoe that you size up for. Um, and from from talking to Asics, I think that, uh, you know what? I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember if it's this next colorway that's going to have a slight difference in sizing or if it's the ne- or version two, it's going to have a difference in sizing. But they're aware that like for a lot of people, it is a little bit on the tight tight side it crunches some of those toes um but i i didn't find it to be a problem uh i do remember though the first time i wore them like it had been a while and like the week of the race i did like a a little mini workout in them and i was like oh yeah these are a little bit snug but then you know like after that workout 
then on race day i put them on and i was like oh these are fine so like i'd say for the majority of people you probably don't need to size up but if you're one of those borderline people that sometimes you do sometimes you don't then i, I would try sizing up let's see um, yeah um we got daniel m saying like it's trash that reason of saying like other like there's specific media rights assigned you know i think it's like a a bs reason it sounds like someone who's really doesn't like the fact that serious runner kind of mocked the boston marathon a little bit although at the end you could i think there's a genuine moment where he's smiling and he's really proud of his jacket um i think that they're worried that people are going to start mocking the way that the boston marathon can get a little bit cultish sometimes um and so like you know uh, i think it sounds like someone's making stuff up but uh, Daniel M says, that's trash because the companies with meteorites generally do a sucky job of putting out content. And they certainly don't cover the three-hour marathon finishers, you know? So it's like, I'm not interfering with anyone's coverage when I'm showing how the, like, if I'm like, I'm showing the 310 pace group. I'm like, if you can show me two seconds of coverage of the 310 pace group from, like, NBC's broadcast... I, I might concede that I'm competing with you, but there's no way that I'm competing with you. If anything, I am making your coverage more valuable, but and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Greg says it's the BAA flexing, I guess it's a weird flex. I mean, that's a, a big punch down, you know, um, not to say that Steven Gonoza isn't like a valuable filmmaker, but like for the BAA to go after him seems really, really weird. All right um uh, yeah cody davis says disney marathon is nice about people filming the race you just can't use extendable selfie sticks yeah that makes sense i mean i think for that one like they they have selfie spots uh on the disney Mar and all the disney races so it's like it'd be weird if they were like hey come see this selfie spot donald duck is gonna be at mile seven you know and be like but you can't bring a gopro that'd be so weird trevor holtzman says you can't film barkley yes that's true that's true i think that's a little bit different though um it's not like the route of the boston marathon is a secret you know what i mean so um so that's that's the thing that's weird about it i i mean i i don't know if i were steven Gonoza, i think that i would probably would have like trolled the baa like a bunch first so like i would have like blurred everything except for like my face and see if like they still thought it violated the terms you know <laughs> uh, and make it like a really weird video so like i think i would have trolled him a little bit first but i i guess like he's worried about getting dq'd or being banned from the race i would not be like, that concerned i guess i don't know uh run time he says what would they do if you have a drone above your head how would they know whose it is um i mean they would know because you made the video you know what i mean so like there, I mean, it's just like how does like how do people know when Casey Neistat like flew drones in New York? It's because it was filming Casey, and then he put it on his channel. And so, like, I think with the drone one, the bigger issue is then um, you know the FAA could get involved, and those fines are no joke. So I think you'd be violating all sorts of FAA rules if you tried to fly a drone above like the Boston Marathon. And then you know, and in any event, especially like a world major where they have different levels of security concerns i would definitely not try to fly a drone <laughs> uh martha says mikey may have missed my comment that a chinese couple's bit of the entire course was still on there as on youtube as of last night yeah i mean 
maybe they have no way of contacting them, you know, and Steven knows is easier to contact. I have a feeling it's more because Steven's video pokes fun at the Boston Marathon. So I think that's what really, I think that's what's really going on. Because I'm just like, I, I do remember as I was watching the video thinking, oh, I've never seen this course before. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen it this way. Like, I don't think I've ever seen like a Boston Marathon video. You know, and I think that maybe it's because serious runners don't GoPro the Boston Marathon. But I was like, well, maybe they do actively police that kind of stuff. But it makes me see, think like, I don't know, like if, it, if they legitimately had like a legal claim, then they could just have YouTube take it down you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really not sure. Like, I mean, they, they could DQ you. That I think that's it. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Dr. Josh said, do we sign anything that states we can't film when we register for a big marathon? I think that you like agree to the terms, which is like you say that you'll follow the rules and um, like video recording devices. Like for the BAA, I think all the world majors have pretty much the same boilerplate language, um, which makes it seem even less like, like of a real role that they care about and just like, all right, well, we'll just copy paste what London did. Um, and it says like, we discourage the use of mounts, um, no selfie sticks, uh, you know, filming for personal use is okay kind of thing. Um, so like, uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing that's kind of like in there. Um, Cause I'm, I think that they want people to like be taking selfies of themselves and like, they want people to share it amongst like smaller numbers of friends, you know? So it's like, they want that. Cause then otherwise, if you don't share it with your friends, how will other people know that this is something that they should be wanting, you know? So like there's, there's, there's a weird tension. I feel like that they need to figure out, but um, you know, I think you, when you sign up for a race, you say that you're going to follow all the race rules. And one of them is to like not bring a selfie stick. Um, and I don't think there's anything about not filming at all though. So, but I think, you know, I think that the fact that it's on YouTube and it could be, you know, I don't know if Steven is monetized or not. I think he is, um, that like then becomes like commercial use. Cause like, you know, the way I think about it is like the argument that the BAA can make is like, all right, well, what if like all of a sudden, you know, Adidas has been the sponsor of this race for however many years and a couple of, let's say Skechers, because we were talking about Skechers earlier, like Skechers has an athlete, or even think about like, I mean, what are they going to do about Under Armour? Hold Fast had an event, right? So like a, a, not, a competing brand had a runner race in a prototype shoe and they're making a video about it, right? So like that I think is could be a little bit trickier, but I think for that, the difference is like that footage is not from inside the race. So I think really, you know, I don't really know like the full ins and outs of it, but I feel like the only leverage that they have is they could either ban you from the race um, or DQ you, you know? So like, I don't think all this other stuff that they're talking about, I don't think it's legit. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Let's we'll see what, I mean, I don't think there's going to be more information. I don't think there's any more chapters to unfold, but you know. So, and Martha says, you know, Stephen Gnoza doesn't really mock the marathon. He's mocking how we perceive it and brag about it. You know, Mia Culpa. Yeah, she's, she's at fault too. I mean, yeah, but I think that like, you know, it's uh, maybe this is Boston's. And I feel like 
because of, you know, everyone took a time off and thought about like, what does racing really mean? And I think it makes a lot of people think about like, oh, this thing that I've been like pinning a lot of my like self-worth on, should I have been doing that? Is it that important? Is Boston overrated? You know, like I think it like starts to make you ask questions, um, which makes it harder for them to, you know, sell jackets and, or just the BQ t-shirt, you know, which is new from last year. So I think it's, I think it's a lot of that stuff. Mm. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Ray Seller says, for my first marathon, Saucony Endorphin Speed version one or the Asics Nova Blast two? I probably lean towards the Endorphin Speed version one of those two because I feel like uh, it's soft enough to give you cushion throughout the entire race, but it's going to give you a little bit of pop to feel a little bit, give you that kind of like race day feel, that specialness for the shoe. Uh, Rajkumar Raushinji says, Co, fantastic ever in Chicago. Thank you. He says, a question. Can you suggest shoes to wear in Chicago after it has snowed the night before? I cannot locate Evo, SG, Hoka, or Solomon Pulsar. Should I get the Innovate G Talent? You know, I'm not familiar with any Innovate shoes. I haven't run in them before. Um, and I'm not familiar with any of the shoes that you mentioned, in fact. So um, what I like, if it's snowed the night before, it depends on if where you're running is uh salted and plowed so like when i run along the lakefront a lot of it is salted and plowed some parts are not um some parts are so it also depends on the kind of run that you're trying to do uh, but generally that's when i lean towards like light trail shoes or those crossover trail shoes so shoes like the ultra superior hoka torrent 2 i think the zinal would fit in that category real well uh pegasus trail terakiger like those kinds of shoes um are the ones that I would tend to reach for because then they still have kind of a daily trainer feel, but a little bit more tread on there just in case, um, you know, there is some uh, snow drifts or other parts that you have to traverse that may not be plowed, even though the rest is. So that's kind of how I would uh, approach that. Um, you can, I can, I do a lot of miles in my regular daily trainers as well. Um, and it just depends on kind of like where you're going to be and how messy you think it might be. But yeah, I guess we got to start thinking about snow again soon. <laughs> uh, Viet Nguyen says like we could do a Spartacus moment and all and all run with selfie sticks. Um, I think that'd be funny though. Like if you know Stephen goes back to Boston again next year, is to have spectators follow him along the course with selfie, like running with selfie sticks. That, that I think would be be funny too. Um, I think that you know I don't know if it becomes a bigger issue. Uh, I think that um, you know race directors will, will start policing the corrals a little bit more for selfie sticks. Um, I've definitely been to a race where I don't remember which one it was, but they were like, you can't bring that in here. And I was like, Oh, okay, well let me go put it away. And then uh, I just walked back in later next to another of the corral people. And, and it was fine. Um, but I also do bring, I don't think I have it handy. I see it over there. Um, a much shorter mount that like, if they're like no sticks, then I'm like, okay, great. And then I'll switch it to this other mount. And then it's much smaller and just fits in my hand. And so there's like not a stick. So I, I do that. Um, and so like after the Houston marathon and after Chicago, um, you know, when other people are taking off their clothes to get ready for the race, I'm putting, I'm planning on, I'm going to put down either my stick cause they didn't let me, or I mean, putting down that little stubby grip 
So that's kind of what, what I do, what I always do, just in case. Because I know I'm breaking a rule when I do that. And, you know, if I get the DQ, okay. I just won't come back again. But that's fine, you know. Um, in his number, talks about, you know, the filming ability of the Barkley Marathon. And he's like, not being able to film it is not high up on the reasons why I would not be running that event. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I mean, I get lost everywhere. So, like, there's no way that, like, an event that requires some level of navigation, like, I, I would not do that at all. No way. <laughs> um, yeah, Regan Duke says, speaking of Laz, has anyone else followed Big's Backyard Ultra? I was following it, and I couldn't, I didn't understand what people were talking about for a while, because they were like, oh, six laps done, 20-something miles. And I was like, what is six laps, 20-something miles? I couldn't, I didn't understand it. And then I was like, then when people were like, 80 laps, I was like, oh, that's that thing. That's crazy. So it was pretty, it was pretty wild. Well, I realized how big of a deal it was before they got to 80. I think maybe at like 40 laps or something like that. But yeah, that's a, that's a wild one as well mm. shannon's here says hey co and co and she says ray are the uh, are the speeds not comfortable for you i think you can have speed and comfort yeah i think yeah, i think that's right i think that's right um that's why i would go with the um, endorphin speed for that first marathon um and martha says i somehow thought that steven Gnoza was using his phone for the race footage well, that's because it looks so it looked so bad. I I I didn't know. Apparently, he had cracked his GoPro, um, and uh, I thought he just got it super sweaty. I was like, you put it in a pocket and then pulled it out when you wanted to film. That's a recipe for yucky footage. Um, but I guess he broke the GoPro, so that's what happened. I don't think he had it on a stick though. So like maybe that's how he got through. And then Martha says, if field is back up to full size from what people told me it would be very crowded using a selfie stick. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would, I think I probably would still try to bring it. Um, and then if it ended up being super crowded, you know, I just don't extend it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, hopefully I get to run that race someday, but I don't know. Maybe I'll be pre-banned from it. If, like if they get my, <laughs> if they see me coming, we'll see uh lee jacek sikat says hi master kofizi shout out from the philippines awesome hopefully you guys are doing well over there glad to see you guys here in the chat sean devlin says checking in after my first marathon in 14 years didn't hit the goals but thankfully got a 313 bq all right we'll give a cowbell for that he says some of the hardest miles he's ever run oof well good job sean congratulations on getting that bq hopefully you weren't planning on running with a selfie stick because they will ban you for that. <laughs> but um, that's great news. That's great news on the on the BQ and I joke. I don't think they're going to start doing that, but um, that's awesome. And thanks for checking in and let us know how it went. That's great. Uh, yeah. And yeah, those marathon miles, they can be some of the hardest you run. So great job, Sean. Um, all right. Let's see. Adam Fear says, best drama slash non-documentary running movie is On the Edge. See, I, I drew a blank when they asked me that question um, yesterday. Um, but best drama non-documentary running movie is On the Edge of 1986. Stars Bruce Dern, who was a competitive ultra runner. And based on the Dipsy and stars real Dipsy runners as extras. Oh, really? Ah, I'll have to check that out. I, I always have a hard time remembering to look at 
stuff that people recommend to me. I need to have like a pencil and a list of some sort. I gotta write that down. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Josh says, quote Theodore Roosevelt when they say you can't bring this dick in. I mean, if they say no, my normal approach is to turn around and say, I'll get rid of it and then try again in like a minute. Uh, and if they still say, you still can't bring that in, then I'll say, okay, I'll, I will throw it away and I'll put it on the smaller mount. So we'll see. Um, yeah, but I've been running with the, you know, for a while I was not running with the, the longer stick. And I think for fall myth, I ran with a short, it was a, still an extendable stick, but it was a little bit shorter. I just didn't like it. I'm like, it, it's not, it makes the shot not as good, but it's still a very large stick. So I'm like, I might as well go with the full size. Um, so I guess I'd, I could go handheld and it'd be fine. But I prefer, and you know, that's how I run. That's how I'm used to running. All right. Super Unjit says, I ran my first half marathon on Saturday. Awesome. Finished with a PR for that distance by over nine minutes. Awesome. That's great work. Great job, Super Unjit. Nice. I love it. All right. Let's see. Um, do you guys have favorite running movies? Like, I'm trying to even think. I can't even, like, name, like, other than, like, Chariots of Fire. Like, what are running movies? You know? I mean, like, I didn't want to be, like, where dreams go to die. But, um... That would be the other one that I would think of. But, like, um, I just don't know, like, what are running movies? I watched the one about, I mean, I guess the ones that I've watched, though, are all, like, documentaries. Like, I watched, um, is, is Forrest Gump, is Forrest Gump a running movie? If Forrest Gump is a running movie, then, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that, that could be a good one. Um, and Martha's still recommending Rick Far That's one, that's another one of those ones where I'm, like, I should have a list of things that I need to, like, watch. And McFarlane USA is the one that, yeah, I still don't have. So I got to get that one. Uh, Vietnam says there's a Jesse Owens running movie. There is? I didn't know that. Uh, lots of votes for McFarland. Vietnam Life says eight mile. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Um, yeah. Frank says Brittany runs a marathons is okay. See, I haven't seen that one. You know, I feel like there should be a follow-up to that. Like Brittany runs an ultra. Don't you think? I feel like there could be a spinoff. Doesn't have, I mean, I, maybe that, I don't know if the author of that book ever got longer than a marathon, but I feel like they could kind of take the concept of a fictional character and put her in an ultra race. Like, and I feel, I mean, I feel like it'd be great. I mean, I think it could be really, I mean, I don't know how big the, the audience for that is, but it could be like, oh, I just got tired of chasing all these paces and then it's like, then she goes to a trail race and it's like, would you like gummy bears or Skittles? And she's like, what? You know, I feel like that'd be a good one. Mm. Let's see. Scott says, let's make our own movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, lots of people are. Jeff Lee says, there was a Simon Pegg movie where he ran a marathon. There is? I like Simon Pegg. Where is that? I don't think I've seen that one. Hot Fuzz? Because he runs in Hot Fuzz a lot. Runner Will says, I Am Bolt is good. Dr. Joss says, there's a pre-movie with Jared Leto? Really? How do I not know all this stuff? Man, I, I mean... Mm, yeah, I got I to gotta check all these out. 
try boy try citing the rules from boston says you can wear the gopro but sticks are not allowed due to safety reasons any footage is strictly for personal use only yeah i mean that's the rule that's i mean i know that's the rules but yeah I mean, I feel like every race has the same exact rules. Uh, Jason Dahl says, How I Met Your Mother had a marathon episode where Bar Bar Barney ran with zero training. I hate that episode. <laughs> Stevie76 says, Nine and a half weeks isn't a training plan. It's a training plan for something else, but it, not for running. Uh, CCC says, Movie Watch Along with Kofuzi, new Saturday after Sunday afternoon feature. Maybe we should do that. What's that? There's an app. You can watch Netflix stuff together. I feel like, I mean, we'd have to... Uh, I mean, maybe we just do that and we all just chat. Maybe I don't put it on YouTube, you know? Maybe we could do that. Mm. Dr. Dresh says, there's a Netflix drama called Four Minutes and it's meh. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Lou Boy says the Nick Bearer Leadville 100 documentary they just came out was really good. I haven't seen that one yet. Awesome. Vietnam says Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, is Run the Little Run then a running movie? I don't know. I stand by my answer of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift 3. Well, well Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. I like that one. <laughs> and it says the opening scene in Train Swatting has running in it, but it's no running film. That's that's for sure. Uh, Jeff Lee says Teleparty is probably the Netflix group thing. Hmm. Yeah. But then I would like really feel like, I mean, I guess that'd probably be the only way for me to be able to watch these videos. Cause like, unless I like make time for a movie, like I, I just never watch movies. Like, it's not that I don't have TVs on all the time either. Like I have the, the news on all the time. Local news um, is one of my favorites, but like, I don't know that I have no problem just like tuning out. And I, cause I like the background noise, but like once I put something on, on, then I'm like, I get sucked into it and I become not very productive. So yeah. Cody Davis says Speed Racer is an underrated movie. <laughs> oh, man. Adam C says the contrast between Nick Bear and Van Duzer's Leadville race video is very revealing. That's interesting to compare that. I mean, those two guys are very, very different. Yeah. Mm. Lou Boy says, Love Tokyo Drift. Your hair is giving me Han vibes right now. <laughs> I think I'm more of a Han anyway. So, like, that, I mean, it, I, it wor I think that works for me. That's okay. Um, yeah, he was a, a guy on the inside, but never really was. He was like an outsider's insider, or an insider on the outside. Uh, yeah, so I can, I can. It was like a, a number, ha very happily, kind of being like a number two kind of guy. So kind of, I, I can understand, I can relate to that. I like that character. Yeah, Jeff Elliott says you get you get add all these movies to the list of movies you'll never watch because I don't really watch TV. That's tr I mean that's that's just true. I just get too distracted. I'll, I'll, the thing is like I think other people put stuff on. I mean I don't know how other people watch so much TV. Like whenever I listen to like other podcasts, and I'm like, oh, what do you what are you binge watching this time? And they're like, oh, I'm watching this, this, and I just finished that. I'm like, that's a lot of work. Like you must be doing other stuff while you're doing that. But I can't. I don't know. Like maybe I just I'm too easily distracted. I can't. I can't do all that. But yeah, um, I will. I will have to watch. I'm gonna try and watch Nick Bears and Doozers like in series. Maybe I'll do that. 
um, I've watched Nick Doozers already. I'll have to watch Nick's. Maybe I'll watch them like right after each other. That'd be. I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah. Fit Not Life says I like Tokyo Drift mainly because it showed a lot of Tokyo, mostly nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like I don't know. Is that like a, a realistic depiction of Tokyo? I feel like it probably isn't. But then, like every time I watch a Tokyo Marathon, I'm like, that just looks like Fast and the Furious. It's real. This is a real place. This exists. You know. Jeff Elliott says, if we get Tokyo Drift without the horrible accent from the main character, it would be much better. Yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I see him in, he's on some other TV shows. I think he's like on a cop show or something like that now. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand why is the guy, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, he straightened out. You know, his dad was in the Navy. Maybe he went to the military and that's why now he works for the FBI. You know, like, so it's like really confusing to see that guy um, in there. But yeah, that, that accent is really, is really tough. To, I mean, I guess they were really hamming it up. I feel like they should have just had, I mean, would it have been worse if they put like, cause like his, uh, nemesis in high school in the beginning of that movie is, uh, one of the boys from tool, uh, from home improvement tool time, the show with Tim Allen, right? Would it have been much worse if they put, I mean that, I think that wouldn't have worked if they put him as, as the main character. But I don't know. Hmm. Oh, and MC says, keep in mind that Doozer finished way faster than Nick Baratier. He did? Oh, interesting. Mm. Scott says Ted Lasso is entertaining. I, I've heard of that, too. I haven't watched a single episode of it. I don't... Uh, yeah, I have a feeling it, it's a show that I would like. But I don't understand. I mean, I guess, you know, I just never watched it. But I don't understand how it's about soccer. But it's about soccer, right? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Daniel Ham said the lead from Tokyo Drift was also in a Disney movie about a horse as a kid. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. That's so funny. Um, let's see. Yeah, Adam Fierce says people who binge watch don't have kids. I know. I th I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are are professional athletes, and many of them don't have kids. But um, some of them do, and then some of the podcasters do have kids too. And I'm just like, how, how do you have? How do you? Have, I mean, maybe they have kids that go to bed early, or like are better. Maybe they're better at bedtimes. We're not super disciplined here about bedtime and stuff. So like, or maybe it's just that I go to bed so early. Like I don't have that big window of time between like when the kids are asleep and then when I go to bed. I'm kind of. We're all kind of wrapping up at the same time. I mean, it's because I get up early, but. Yeah, I don't I don't know how people fit in all the all the social media or or not the social media. I fit in a lot of social media. I mean the the streaming services. Mm. Chris saying, if you haven't checked out Michael's chat with the Ginger Runner, it's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Um I saw you tweeted about it too. I appreciate that a lot. I had, I had a good time with it. Hopefully it's a, um you know, it's a conversation that gets a, uh, a little bit more play. Sometimes when I'm a guest on at, at places like it does well, and sometimes when I'm a guest at places it doesn't do well at all. So I don't know, it's like a grab bag with me. I don't know, I don't know. So hopefully this one does well cuz I had a, I had a good time on it. Mm. 
Let's see, Cody Davis says the lead guy's accent from Tokyo Drift is real. He's from Alabama, I think. Is that's his real accent? That's how he normally talks, like all garbled like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thought that they were just trying to like pick like what's the opposite of um, Tokyo Japanese. I'm like, oh yeah, deep southern accent. Like that might be the American opposite of that. I would have also accepted like West Texan accent um, as well. Like, I feel like those would be very different. I mean, think about Texas, like everything's bigger in Texas to like Japan where everything's very small, compact and efficient. So um, that being said, I've never been to West Texas or Japan. So maybe I'm just playing into stereotypes here. Mm. Blue Boy says, so you, what you're telling us is you haven't watched Squid Game yet. No, I have not watched Squid Game. And I feel like I should because it's in Korean, you know. But I, I haven't I don't get any of the memes that are about Squid Game. Um, I, none of them. I haven't seen it. Like the one where, like, she's looking in something and there's, like, waffle. People put waffles in it. I don't know that one. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Stevie Santa 6 says, I'm still figuring out Seth's accent. Um yeah, well, I mean, he grew up in like upstate New York, and then went to school and lived in Colorado for a long time. So maybe that's it. The two, those two things. I don't know. And fit not life is. I'm still figuring out my own accent. Yeah, I think mine is uh, a lot a midwestern at this point. Uh, that's what I hear in my when I talk. Uh, so I hear I hear that, but I still I th I don't think I still say things very New Jersey anymore. I never had like a New Jersey New Jersey accent like. Uh, like a soprano type of accent or anything, you know. That that's not me. Um, Eric Trap wants to know: Can I speak Korean? Whether it be a little bit or fluent? I I really can't speak Korean anymore. Uh, I think I speak all in English to my parents when we're on the phone at this point. And I mean, there was a time where I th I was pretty fluent. Um, but like, if I you know I'm I'm at the point now like when I go to the Korean grocery store. Like, I think people would just size me up as I'm coming through the register and they're just like, hello. They say hello to me. They don't say annyeonghaseyo to me. So, like, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm very obviously not a Korean fluent speaker. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I can understand a little bit, but, like, you know, not, not very much. I probably couldn't watch that. Um, watch Squid Game. What was that? There was a horror movie we were watching. It was like a zombie movie we were trying to watch together one day. Um, and it was in Korean. Like when I can hear the Korean and read the subtitles, then I understand the Korean perfectly. You know what I mean? But if I just listened to the Korean, I'd probably be like, I'm missing a couple things here and there. <laughs> Adam says, I grew up in California. I live in Colorado. We don't have an accent. The rest of you do. <laughs> you know what i love about iowans is iowans don't think that they have an accent at all but i mean a lot of places don't uh in iowa but there are some and i feel like you know in the last couple of years people maybe not the last couple last couple maybe uh, it's becoming stronger where people are kind of like finding their own accent um as a way of distinguishing oneself from other people um so yeah uh a lot of people in Iowa don't think that they have an accent. And a lot of people in Iowa don't realize that, like, I've talked about this before, that the foods that they eat are very, like, regional. But, and that's what makes it awesome. They, it's just, they're like, everyone doesn't have walking tacos? I'm like, no, most people don't. 
Most people don't. <laughs> um, was it Train to Busan that we were? No, we were, were we watching Train to Busan? I don't. Uh, people have recommended that one to me too. I don't think that's what I was watching. I don't know. Yes, yeah, TV76 says, remember that day during lockdown we watched a movie together? We did. We tried. I, but I couldn't watch. I was getting too distracted. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It was called Alive. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Dr. Josh says, sometimes I picked up access for movements over the year. Oh, that, I think that for sure happens. That definitely happens to people. So, like, I, I think that's, like, I remember, do you guys remember when, like, Madonna moved to London? And, like, after a while, she started picking up some of the London accent. And people were like, oh, she's putting on airs. They're like, what's this? Like, how does this girl from Michigan have, a, like, a London accent? And I'm like, I don't know. You ever moved somewhere before? You pick it up. You pick it up fast. So, mm. Jep Goji says, walkie tacos? <laughs> like a walkie talkie where you tell your taco a secrets? No, walking tacos. It's basically, you take a bag of Doritos, like a, like a little bag of Doritos, cut it open, and put taco filling inside. And then you kind of crunch it up and you eat it with a fork. So you walk and you eat the taco. I don't know why they call it that because all tacos are walking tacos. But I don't know. it's very popular at summer picnics, uh, like after baseball, like, you know, like uh, after like kids sporting events and stuff. If there's a little pic like there's a little picnic or some food afterwards, like you'll see it there. Graduations, um, you know, any kind of luncheon, you'll see them all the time. One time. My sister-in-law, one of my sisters-in-law, um, like it was the towards the end of the summer, and uh, it was at our family reunion, and someone had made walking tacos, and she goes, "Uh, walking tacos! I can't eat any more walking tacos. All I've been doing this summer is eating walking tacos." And I'm like, "Stop complaining! Walking tacos are magnificent, because uh, they are fun. They are fun to eat, and I could see why they're all over the place. But I also like the idea that there's tacos that you could tell the secrets to." <laughs> like you're just whispering to it like secret thoughts that'd be fun i, th I think that i think i'd like that mm. <laughs> ian low wants to know if any americans can do cockney i think every american thinks that they could do cockney but i don't think any of those americans actually can <laughs> and i don't think that if you know what that accent sounds like i don't think you want to hear americans trying it <laughs> Eric says, I never thought I had an accent growing up. Then I moved away from St. Louis. When moving back, I definitely picked up on how folks things said differently in the St. Louis area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, when I was living in St. I don't think this is a St. Louis accent, but when I lived in St. Louis, that was the first time I realized, like, that people put R's on vowels, like Washington or a washing machine. Like, I never heard that before. And I was like, what are you guys saying? They're like, oh, that's how, that's how we say wa wash. I was like, what? Okay uh noah b says what's up co hi from disneyland in la awesome in-laws are taking the daughter on a ride so i'm catching up in between <laughs> very cool that's so cool that's so cool like make sure you wave hi as they go by <laughs> and vincent says seth used to live in california as well i didn't know that he lived in california when did he live in california i didn't know that awesome all right um let's see something about wisconsin up in here Mm. yeah cody davis says walking taco sounds like a ripoff of a frito pie yeah i think that they're very similar i think there's also a region of the country where a walking taco is made out of fritos so there's there's that too i want to say i want to say it's an ohio 
But like, I think there's a portion of the country that does that. They use chili cheese, the chili cheese flavored Fritos, crunch those up and put taco stuff in it. And then they call that a walking taco in Iowa. The way they do taco walking tacos is not with Doritos, but um, generic brand nacho cheese flavored tortilla chips. So like, yeah, I mean, I think that I'm guessing that all these foods are pretty like prevalent in wider regions, uh, maybe with slightly different names. But I do think that like one, uh, you know, a book that I would love to make. I, I don't really have that many designs on a book, but like one that I would love to make is just like regional foods. I think one of the best, and we'll end with this one today, is that like one of the best kind of like travel series that I remember watching is, um, and, and I think like the idea was great. The execution fell a little bit flat, but um, Alton Brown did a, a series, the Alton Brown of Good Eats, if you guys don't remember. I think he did a variety of other shows on Food Network, which were all not great, but he did a show, a series where he rode motorcycles, did like a cross country trip of some sort um, and just ex- and went around finding regional foods. I think when he was in St. Louis, they tried to find a brain sandwich, like a cow's brain sandwich, which used to be a thing. Um, and I think they, maybe they did like toasted raviolis is the other thing that they had while they were there, something like that. But like they went all over and just had like regional foods. Um, so I thought that was really awesome and just kind of exploring how they became that way and just figuring out what they were. And I would love to be able to do something kind of like that, uh, maybe in book or maybe in, in television or video form. I think that would be awesome because I'm fascinated with sloppy Joe's made rights, Frito pies, walking tacos, hot dish, casseroles, Chicago style pizza, all those kinds of things, you know, so I think that'd be a really fun thing to put together. And I guess I would tie it together with running. It would have to be an ultra marathon book. Cause how can you like, yeah, I mean that, that, I mean, yeah, all, all, all that eating. I think, I think you need to be putting in some major miles to put that book together, but I think that'd be fun one day. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm going to leave it there for today. Tomorrow's video. I'm not exactly um, sure what tomorrow's video is going to be, but um, hopefully we'll have a video in the morning. Uh, but Either way, in the afternoon, we'll do some happy hour because tomorrow's Thursday. So stay tuned for that same time as today, 1 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Hopefully I'll see you there. In the meantime, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.